2: I'm in love with
3: Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for August 30th, 2022. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Network podcast feed or on our own dedicated podcast feed on podcast platforms and applications. If you are on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts, throw us five stars and a review while you're at it. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing page, you click the red box that says sponsor of this podcast, and you can set up a one-time or reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we'd like to thank all of our previous donors. I'm one of your hosts. It's your old pal, I'm Mike Spears. Join alongside, as always, Arco's Slow and Case. I'm actually going to be in your neck of the woods sooner rather than later. And, y- y- you know, it- it's been a year since I've been in Chicago, a year since we had the a tumultuous uh, barbecue drive to now arena. How are you though? In knowing that we are like three days out from all out, basically, and seeing me.
0: I keep on forgetting the show is this weekend. I was reminded <laughs> of that by somebody else that is coming into town today. They were texting me kinda wanting to know what I was doing this weekend. And I was like, Oh, you know, usual stuff. Well, you know, what's up? They're like, Well, I'm I'm gonna be in Chicago. And I was like, Oh. Oh, that's right. You know, I'm going to All Out. I'm sure it'll be fun. My goal is to spend as little of time in Hoffman Estates as humanly possible. Last year, I put in a lot of hours, uh, attended a Game changer show that I did not want to attend. Or rather, I attended a Game changer show where I watched two matches and then made my ride drive me back to the hotel because I was having such a miserable time. Um, it's not a show I'm looking forward to, and that's not even a a comment on AEW's product. I rather enjoy TV most weeks. There's just something about this year that I'm just like, "Ugh, I got to I got to go there again." I'm I my seats are up high this year. It's just it's it's a headache uh for me for whatever reason. I'm sure the show will be good. Hopefully I run into you. Hopefully I run into Rich Creage. Hopefully I run into a few other people, but it it's so out of sight, out of mind for me. I think I'm going to be just like, oh, Sunday morning is going to come around. I'm going to be like, oh, that's right. I have this thing I have to go to today. It's not, it's, it's not as much excitement as it was uh, 2018, 2019, 2020.
3: Yeah, it, it's something that I, I it, it's not that I think that you are spoiled by like everything that happens around Chicago, but I guess since like for someone like me who is, has to travel basically to any show I go to it, it's very much at the forefront for me but it, it's also something that like I look at what's going on this weekend and I compare it like 2019 2021 and I'm just going huh this is interesting to see how things have panned out three years four years later you know like that's the thing that I kind of find most interesting about this weekend's not necessarily the show it's like all right we are basically four years in on this experiment how is it at? And got to say, the vibes are weird right now. That That's where I think it's at. It's weird.
0: Well, this could all change by the time a good chunk of people listen to this podcast, but you got to remember my interest in wrestling and remember that the card we have right now, there's likely going to be no CM Punk, which was the big draw for me last year. The Young Bucks don't have a match announced. Pac doesn't have a match announced. Uh, there's one other person that I... Uh, we don't know what the young bucks are going to do yet it's just like okay maybe this show will be good but i don't feel like i have we don't even have a main event like i don't know it's hard for me to get excited about stuff as we're recording i just saw that eddie kingston versus ishii was added to the pre-show which fine you know I, i eddie king a nice little worker tomohiro ishii is one of the best of all time i'm sure that'll be okay but yeah there's it, it's just i don't know what to make of it but that's also because i don't know what the card is going to be for the most part
3: yeah and it, it, it's something that i wonder and it's like one of those like ponderous questions for me with how their schedule has changed and how things have kind of like moved around the aw schedule wise i mean they had a fly-in show to Chicago eight weeks ago. They have a uh, grand slam. People going to Chicago, uh, going to Queens coming up in less than a month. They're going to Toronto, and this is on top of for whatever uh, uh whatever momentum you want to create at WWE. They have something right now. So I it, it it's something that I think that that also kind of has hampered this year. The fact that there's just I, we're almost have too many fly out fly in weekends, given just everything right now. It just seems like that this might be a little bit of the uh, just a, to its detriment Basically,
0: Can I just say the air quotes momentum that WWE has right now? drives me absolutely insane. Oh, oh,
3: oh, oh, oh could you tell to could you tell the contempt when, when I was uh, saying that? It's just could I
0: mean could the bar be any lower? Like you, you know what lo- I've said
3: for years, which is what people just want secretly WWE to be 10% better if that be AEW or the idea of Triple H led promotion here. It, it it's no real change. It's nothing.
0: Okay, I have to put a pin on that. Mike, I'm watching Michinoku Pro in the background right now. This is bad radio, but I have to tell somebody no, this. No, 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 This is very important radio for someone like me. All right, uh, what year are you looking at? So I'm watching a show. This is on YouTube. It's October 19th, 1999. It's okay. It's grand Hamada and Men's Teo versus Curry Man and Sua, and I just watched Men's Teo whip Sua like they're on the floor in front of the the front row. He whipped Sua into the chairs. <laughs> and Sua, like most guys like fall over and they like create a mess with the chairs. It's it's gotta be like the best bump in wrestling because it doesn't look like it hurts that bad, but it just creates absolute pandemonium. sua stepped onto the base of a chair and then basically Swanton bombed himself like four rows deep. You have to watch this. This was one of the craziest bumps I've ever seen, and it happened in like an undercar tag team match.
3: I, I i like the fact that that you made sure you say that it was minceo but like like in 99 like do you think he's dealing with a little bit of bitterness there handling a uh, young boy sue at that point
0: <laughs> yeah, a, a michinoku pro show notably without taka michinoku on it yeah i i, I wonder 19, if he's a little upset yeah
3: 1999 i mean dolphin's gone at that point like L- L- yeah dolphin's gone
0: togo's gone taka's gone and the main event is Great Sasuke versus Tiger Mask 4. So how the mighty have fallen. I'm sorry. Sorry. I, I want to talk about this WWE <laughs> thing more. I just I've never seen a bump like that before. That is on YouTube. Michinoku Pro, October 19th, 1999. I've just I've never I've never seen what I just saw. And I had to make mention of it. But as for the WWE thing. The bar could not be any lower. It's embarrassing. And no, I haven't watched any of it. No, I'm not going to watch any of it. Luckily, we do a show that although we're respected and beloved and HelloFresh pays us money every once in a while, we are tucked away in a little corner to where I can voice my opinion that Vince McMahon, in charge or not, I am actively rooting against WWE. I do not like them. I do not like anything about them. Triple H's presentation is not a radical departure from what they were doing, so I'm not really interested in, even at this point, a slightly better version of what Vince is doing, it's still a roster with guys like Akira Tozawa and Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander and guys that, that should be more important than they actually are, and the way that I see some people tripping over themselves to complement this promotion, it just drives me absolutely insane.
3: Okay, thank you. I'm glad that we are a show of reason. I mean, I'm not going to applaud a Hollywood agent who's confident at doing their jobs and also make sure that their sex group friends get a taste while they're at it. And, you know, wh- wh- whatever person I think is in there from the overall McMahon axis, and, and it, it, nothing's going to truly change. And I don't think the wrestling industry improves until they're fully excised from the industry, one way or another, so...
0: The Vince story's not dead yet, and when it resurfaces, when it becomes headline news once more, do not let those people that tripped all over themselves on that Pat McAfee interview, do not let them forget it. That is my one ask to this listener base. It's not that you watch Dragon Gates, It's not that you care about our show. When more Vince stuff comes out, the people that applauded the Pat McAfee interview, do not let them forget it. I mean, God, I
3: yeah no i you're absolutely right about that case but so this week on the program uh we have two shows that happened over the weekend they were at the home base of kobe sambo hall they were also at nara centennial hall for naruki Doi's homecoming show but case just off the top this weekend was ah, dry and repeating I, I think that's a fair way to describe the dragon gate weekend uh well, what was your big takeaway from it?
0: That's exactly it. It's important to note that there's been bad Dragon Gate shows this year. And we've talked at length about those bad shows. I do not think those shows were bad. These shows were bad. Unfortunately, they were just thoroughly uninteresting. And I told Mike earlier today, I don't have an hour of thoughts between these two shows. You know, sometimes we come on here with a single. Show review whether it's you know Kyoto, Fukuoka, Saka, whatever, and we can talk for 90 minutes about it. There was something about these two shows, a few interesting things happened in Kobe. I thought there were a few decent matches in Nara on the Doi Homecoming show, but ultimately, I just have nothing important to say about these shows. I could have gone at length about mochizuki jr and Ishini hashi and uh ryu fuda but i did that last week and so whatever talking point i was going to have this week i did it last week so i can't repeat myself i I i don't know again these shows weren't bad there were a handful of matches that i thought were pretty enjoyable but on the whole i just i just couldn't sink my teeth into anything from the opening bell to the final match i just wanted these shows to be over and they wouldn't end
3: yeah, and like that. This is something that if you're someone who is a newer listener and you hear Case referring to how how much I dreaded Kobe Assemble Hall in like 2017, 2018, it's not that they are long shows. It's just that they are the the, the ten minutes will will feel like it takes thirty. Like that's the thing about that. And it, it, you're absolutely right. It's not that there wasn't bad stuff happening or that these were completely without merit. It's just something that really, I mean, we have two topics really coming out of this weekend and it's a continuation of last week. I, I mean, it's the continued trouble and uh, high end and how that both pertains to Binke and Yamato. Like outside of that, storyline advancement wise, not really anything worth noting. And when you like look at like the matches, I mean, they essentially ran back the opener on both nights like they actually let let me rephrase that the only difference they had is they plugged in shun for hyo and it was the exact same match and that pretty much indicated the kind of weekend we had in dragon gate not bad just not a lot that is worth going out of your way for
0: yeah, you get, like you said, you know, Ben and Yamato and what's going on with high end. The rookies, you know, Mochizuki Jr. and Ishnihashi, they continued their feud. They planted the seeds for KZ versus Skywalker, which Jay has that uh, Shun Skywalker promo translated on his Twitter account. And you can kind of perhaps infer some changes that are coming, which we can talk about uh, during the Q&A portion of this show, because I know somebody asked specifically about that feud. But other than that, you just you just kind of had some stuff and we've seen better versions of the stuff that was on these shows.
3: Yeah, so on this week's program, we're going to get through and talk about the big picture stuff. And on, on a lot like how like Fukuoka or Hokkaido, where they run those shows, like three shows in three days, we'll, we'll we'll go through the results. And if there's something really worth getting into, we will get into that. And then we'll move on to the question, questions and answer. First up was the, kobe sambo hall show for this month it was on the 27th it'll be up on the network until the fourth and we open up that show on you and this one's on youtube uh natural vibes versus z brats kz shimizu strong machine j and ut versus kai shun skywalker diamante and bb hulk it was the ssw by shooting Skywalker on u t to win it in nine minutes forty eight seconds, and it was a dry nine minutes and forty eight seconds, which was a shame for me at least
0: oh, we've certainly seen better vibes versus zebrats matches. I mean this is normally the combination of guys that I would go to to deliver a really good match. There's a version of this match with these eight guys that is you know four and a quarter instead of three and a quarter, but the reoccurring theme on these shows was that eh, was good. It could have been better.
3: Yeah. And worth noting, a uh, prolonged crowd brawl. Number one, we'll, we'll put a pin on that. We'll get back to that later on. Uh, next up. We had the I Royal do Som- know real
0: quick. Sorry to cut oh, you off. Ahead. I do yeah. want to note real quick, uh, just because we were talking about it. The, the post-match promo and we'll circle back to this, but Jay says on Twitter at DJJ soon after the opener, ask the fans, what do they think? He wants to think that no one out there supports KZ or Natural Vibes, but he accepts that there are stupid people who do. KZ is self-serving scum that is using Vibes to achieve his goals. KZ, KZ is worthless and needs to disappear from Drangate Wrestling and the entire world. He needs to go disappear, vanish. So put a pin in that
3: spicy thoughts from shun skywalker <laughs> there we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that in the q and a uh the royal sambo we ha- it was eight people and thank god it was only eight people naruki doi ginky horiguchi konama Chikawa, Sachi Hoko Boy, takashi yoshida problem dragon Mondai ryu punch to and hoho blue essentially everyone you ever would expect to be in these matches plus naruki doi getting some ring time and he won the uh, Royal Sambo, with a Bakatari sliding kick after pulling Yoshida out on the apron, and this was very boring.
0: I like the finish. I I don't think I've ever seen Doi hit a Bakatari sliding kick on the apron the way he did, but other than that, this was one of the lesser Royal Sambo Hall Battle Royals. That is something, you know, Saguna Keita, the wrestling review site, I like those guys because they... Although we have the same hobby, we could not go about it in, different, in more different ways. They once did a project where they were reviewing the All-Japan Quark and Hall Battle Royals, and I feel like at some point we should just give them a, a Dragon Gate Network login and tell them to rank the Royal Sambo Battle Royals.
3: Well, it would be the whole entire Who Can Stop, Konamawa Chikawa story. Of.
0: God, that was, that was such a great run. Ne- never forget
3: Never forget, and we are far, far away from that with this month's Royal Sambo. Match three, the singles match on tonight's show, Ata versus Heo, Heel versus Heel, and we got just a crap load of healing. The finish was Ata with a inside cradle, and this was after he he threw a ball of water at Mr. Nakazawa, who was like grabbing it, and then Ada grabbed his Paro's bag, pulled over his head, did an inside cradle, and we had our second prolonged crowd brawl of the night in five minutes they squeezed it in there for us guys
0: are you familiar with the tote bag girl internet trend
3: i mean i feel like it here's the thing like i i feel like my generation brought back the the knit tote bag that the you know the npr style kind of thing because like because i feel like my generation or at least my era the millennials were like the first ones really to like live in a like oh don't Oh, we'll charge you 10 cents for a plastic bag slash you don't need a plastic bag bring your own cloth bag kind of thing so i i don't know what it in particular referring to but i live through tote bag girl so what's up
0: well it's just there there's a uh a specific type of woman on tiktok mainly that her personality is based around carrying a tote bag a, a young typically white woman in their their early 20s who lives in a big city and their whole thing is that they're gonna walk around the city looking cute carrying a tote bag Ata very much has those vibes right now his personality seems to be based on this paris del Mall de japon tote bag that he's carrying i was uh if you go back to kobe world i was higher on the heel versus sp kento heel versus heel match than most were i i was okay with this i I will say I probably have a bigger issue with this match existing than I did the execution of it. I don't like the fact that ATA is the number one contender for the Dreamgate and he's challenging the, or wrestling rather, the current Bravegate champion. This is the sort of stuff when we exited Cork and Hall earlier this month. This is what I talked about. These are the problems that I have with, although it makes business sense to have ATA wrestle for the Dreamgate belt, and I'm all for ATA having something to do. The problem is that he's in a position where he he has something to do, but he doesn't have a a unit. And so he's in awkward matches like this. So while I actually thought the structure of the match was fine, I I enjoy a short little match where people try to outheal one another. I have an issue with the match existing in the first place.
3: Yeah, I just looked at this. Like, the healing was fine. It just was like, what's the point of this match? (laughs) You know, I mean, having a singles match and Ata... I mean if Nosawa and Katara Suzuki aren't around, he's unaffiliated here. And you know, this is the this is the problem about about having like your big stars being unaffiliated in Dragon Gate. We've seen this happen countless times that the there's a reason why Kakuda needed to be added to D You need to have people around them so you could actually book them in a way that makes sense and not have to be like, all right, so A Hyo, we're just going to do nothing. Which I have to say, I appreciate the work. They were definitely working out there. But it's just the fact that they booked themselves in the position that Ata has to kind of be pigeonholed in this position because, like, you can't do a lot about him. He's been in... How many Ata singles matches have we had since he got kicked out of, uh, of our ED case? So it has to be at least televised. We have to be approaching double digits.
0: And his singles matches that are on the house shows more often than not make the YouTube uploads. I mean, if you look at the numbers this year, between Dragon Gate... In Noah, and the bulk of these have been in Drangleague. He's wrestled twenty singles matches this year, which because you they know, can't book him elsewhere. Yeah, it, it, that's that's an alarmingly high rate, and you you have to remember this is a guy who lost in the first round of King of Gate, so you can't even attribute you know four or five singles matches to him there, even since Kobe world, you know, this is his fifth singles match. He wrestled Kai on a house show. He wrestled KZ at Cork and he wrestled Takashi Yoshida on a house show. He wrestled strong machine J on a house show. Now he's wrestled, yo, it, it's the, it's the problem I have with this run. You know, we saw last week, they paired him with Takashi Yoshida. And I think we both were like, eh, that's, that's probably not the direction that we need to go here. But given the way the roster is laid out, I mean, look at who's unaffiliated. It's, it's Yosuke, it's Shuji Kondo, It's Ryo Saito, Genki, Don Fuji, Yoshida, Tamanaga, and then you get to your bottom-of-the-barrel jobbers. I mean, look to your point about Kakuta, look at what him, not even being an official member of Decourage, but just being an assistant, look at what that has done for him. All of a sudden, he feels like he has purpose and direction and momentum, and it's not that Eita doesn't, but I think in this company specifically, it really hurts when you don't have an army to go into battle with. Uh, I think one of the, the points that Jay makes a lot that I totally agree with when he talks about classic Dragon Gate is in 2005, when Magnum was doing both Do Fixer and Poss Hearts, something about Magnum's presence while he was in two units was just so off putting. It just threw off the balance of the company. There's something weaved into the fabric of this promotion it's one guy in a unit there's not the one guy is not in two units one guy is not in zero units it's a guy in a unit and when you don't have that for some reason it just becomes so much harder to tell stories in this promotion
3: yeah and it's sadly then yeah not only is it hard to tell stories for you you have to pull people from stories that are working perfectly fine because you they have you have to do something with you so Heo, instead of setting up a Bravegate challenger for Dangerous Gate, you know, he's on Ata duty here, which, you know, I would argue doesn't do much good for setting up future Bravegate matches either.
0: No, I I would have rather seen Ata wrestle a rookie or even just get thrown into another random multi-man match because again, I have an issue with just the existence of this match more so than the match.
3: Absolutely. Then we got into match for uh, M3K at this time or this weekend because Misaki Mochizuki finishing up N1 stuff. It was Susumu Mochizuki, Mochizuki Jr. and Yuzushi Kanda versus Ultimo Dragon, Sushi Kondo and Ishinahashi, And it was Kondo with the King Kong Lariat on Kanda in 11 minutes and 36 seconds. And continuing on their feud, I mean, they get to have the Fathers and Sons tag match next week. And it's at a boiling part. They can't keep Ishin and Mochizuki Jr. apart. I mean, you can't have a ring introduction with these two guys, and you can't have them in the exit a the match because you can't keep them apart. And GM Rio Saito got to get his house in order after this week.
0: Yeah, this, uh, this is good stuff. To me, this was the high point on the show. It's just, once again, I-, I said this last week, but when I envisioned this M3K Triangle Gate run... I imagine there being a lot of protecting of Mochizuki Jr. I imagine Susumu Mochizuki and Masaki Mochizuki really doing the heavy lifting. I did not expect a month after World for Mochizuki to be as strong as he is, to look as good as he does. And I was just so delighted by this match. This was the high point on the show, and for me, probably the high point of the weekend.
3: Yeah, this one I felt like had a lot more life than the M3K versus Ultimo and Eachan match the next night. Uh for me though, we got a third prolonged crowd brawl and three straight normal matches case at this point. And we will get into the next match where there was chair throwing and it was crowd brawling as well. They basically I the effort wasn't bad, but when you have three straight matches with crowd brawls and not just like, oh we're we're fighting around fighting around ringside case, they each, every single person that people in Kobe had to be tired of getting up at this point
0: for people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it was a rare uh, lack of care. You don't normally see stuff like that overlap in Dragon Gate match after match after match. And yeah, again, this was, th- this kind of had field day uh, energy to it where, you know, they were doing something athletic and it's not that nobody was trying, but it also, there's field day effort in their state championship level effort. And they were not, they were not playing in the state championship here. This was a pretty laissez-faire uh, attitude throughout these two shows.
3: Yeah. And it was something that well, we talked about this over the last few weeks, Ishan and Mochizuki jr. You know, really providing the little bit of sparkle life with it. And I think that that's really but just a lot of fun to have with us and it really after the first three matches kind of slept walk through the show it was very much needed and we got some more life in the next match case uh high end yamato and Kagatora versus unaffiliated don fuji and rio and rio fuda because when you get don fuji and yamato they're going to brawl as well so we got to have a little bit more life here even though it was of the chair throwing variety
0: Look, there's no bad match that involves Yamato and Don Fuji, and when you throw in a rookie into the mix, it is a a damn good combination. This was another match that, again, too similar to what we had seen, but not bad all around.
3: Yeah, and it was something that like FUDA had a very strong weekend. I think that's fair to say. Like, he was not really... We didn't get a chance to really talk about him last week other than, oh, yeah, Ryo Fuda, as well as really showing up there. I think that between this and Nara, yeah, the Ishin and Junior stuff's been great, and the stuff with high-end has worked as well, but I think Rio Fuda had as strong of a weekend as anyone in the company.
0: Yeah, I don't... I I, I wouldn't put him on that that Ishin Mochizuki Jr. level, but it is exactly what I want to see from a guy like Fuda. He needs those reps. He needs those strong matches, and I thought this weekend provided that.
3: Okay, let me rephrase that into a way you might agree with this more. He was one of the few people I could tell was putting in full effort all weekend. Bingo. There we go. I, I, I knew we, we'd reach in the middle. Uh, after this, we had a, we had Kota Minora come out and invite Yamato to join Gold Class.
0: What are your thoughts here, Mike?
3: I mean, it, I, I like the fact that, like, with all the Ben stuff, we also have Yamato happening at the same time. So one of these will take. One of these will take. And I think it's smart, like, having two going at the same time so you can kind of swerve people around. So I like it in that aspect. Yamato and Doi and Minora, though. I feel like that that's, in a way, saying the Coda Minora project is set back for six months I, months. I was
0: just thinking, could you could you imagine pitching me specifically, Yomato, Doi, and Minora six months ago? Boom, no. three-headed dragon, three big draws, here we go, main event unit. Right, yeah, but like...
3: With how high end is the like they're wrapping up high end, and I I feel like the that whatever's happening with Shun and Natural Vibes and KZ, that's its own thing. So I think it's that's its own distinct thing. But they have to take care of these three and four people units here. But Doi and bringing back Doi Yama wouldn't be a bad. This would not be a bad time to do to pull that trigger if they really want to do that. But then. Then again, that, that's using and uh, taking more time that you might have left with Naroki Doi as well. It's interesting. It's something that did not even cross my mind until it happened.
0: Let's talk about that briefly because, uh, you know, in the same way that we were just talking about kind of the the complex nature of Dragon Gate storytelling and the way that the units are obviously the way that this company is organized, but it also is just so integral to the promotion and how it feels and how stories are told nostalgia is something that has gone a few different ways in this promotion you obviously have all of the m2k offshoots some of which have been very successful some of which have not you also have things like Kinesco returning in 2015 and for as great as the original pairing was the twenty fifteen version they were pushed, and they were successful, and it's not that they were bad, but they didn't hit the same way and I wonder if running Yamato and Doi back this time in gold tights instead of red, representing baby faces instead of heels, if that would hit the same way because in ring we're talking about just based off of output alone, the law of averages one of you know one of the better tag teams at least in modern wrestling but I don't know if it would hit the same if they were under the Gold Class banner.
3: And it's... You're basically, by doing this kind of thing... Like, Yamato was probably not going to have a Dreamgate run, you know, for the foreseeable future, but in a lot of ways it's saying, if Naruki Doi is getting another Dreamgate run, it's way off in the distance future. Like, this is, it, it, in a way, I think, like, re-gears how... You look at Doy, who's someone that's started to collect injuries, taking him out of the ring a little bit. It makes me wonder if this is something that's like, hey, I can do tag team wrestling and trios wrestling just fine, but maybe not the big singles matches. And it could be prolonging in a way.
0: And, and we've hit a point in Doy's career where that's all that he needs to do. I mean, quite frankly, he doesn't need to do anything. He could retire tomorrow and he would be respected and adored. But we got through that 2019 2020 naruki doi Dreamgate run and there's no spot for him at the top of the card anymore i mean we could go through a few more injuries or excursions or jumps to gleat or whatever there's still a few guys that are going to be higher up on the pecking order than doi at this point you know i I think his reputation is that of a legend and that's and that's rightfully so Mm -hmm. but i don't look at him as a modern day main eventer at this point
3: he is a F-emergency break glass main eventer now.
0: Yeah, if they book him versus Yoshioka, great. I think it's going to be a great win for Yoshioka. Now, granted, three years ago, I said that about Ben K. <laughs> and We know how that worked out, but... My God! If Naruki Doi beats Yuki Oshiyoka, then I owe Nozawa some apology. So I think we're safe. I don't think that's going to happen. But nevertheless, I, I think Doi, injuries or not, has just entered a phase in his career where those big time singles matches are no more. I mean, do you—I I don't remember off the top of my head. Was Doi in King of Gate this year?
3: Was Doi in King of Gate? This—that uh, is wild. Now that he I can't would've... even.
0: I yes, guess he, he was.
3: He was in King and Gate because he wrestled BB Hulk in Hokkaido.
0: That's why I don't remember it.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That match and was good.
0: It's just that was the third day of a uh, Hokkaido, or maybe the first day actually. It's just it was Hokkaido. Those all blend together.
3: You start seeing the soccer nets case, and you know, <laughs> you, you, your mind goes a little fray. But but it's something that like I just kind of like look at that, and it's something that when you look at at high end. Like, there's no triaging the unit at this point. Like, it's something that, which is a statement that for, given the, the status of those four guys, it's just something, it's just like, just take care of it. And I like the way that they that they, they can do this in a way that does not uh, necessarily have three guys looking like idiots, you know? If it's something that's like, oh yeah, Ben K has been just loose cannon forever now and he's gone that's fine and maybe the three do one thing or if it's bin k was actually faithful but naruki doi i gave uh, Yamato an offer he couldn't refuse i think those are both like ways that does not completely make people look like goose and it doesn't hurt people long term i think this is like the right way to get out of it
0: by january 1st 2023 2023- Do you think there's a chance between high-end, gold-class, and natural vibes that two out of those three units no longer exist?
3: I think that the over-under is one and a half, so that's right on it. I I think it's probably a little bit less than 50% chance that two of the three are gone. So you'll take the under on that? Uh, yeah, I'll take the under, I think. Yeah.
0: I'll take the overall. I'll explain why later.
3: Okay. Okay. So after that, we had, I accidentally turned the page, we had uh, from Gold Class, Coda Minora and Minerita versus High End, Dragon Kid and Binke. It was uh, Ben with the Spear on Minerita in 10 minutes and 28 seconds. And we had more Binke being a delightful weirdo afterwards.
0: Ben looked good. Another another, another good Ben-K match. That's all I have to say about this.
3: Yeah, yeah. Th- this was fun. This was something that I like the Minarita team, and I'm intrigued to see like with everything happening with high-end and gold class, what that next step will be for the Minarita character. It's something that I feel like that he's taking the ball and run with it. Uh, I hope that it's only good things that could come for Minarita. The main event for Kobe Sambo Hall was the Kobe Kung Fu Fighters. Jason Lee, Jackie Funky Kamei, and Super Shenlong the Third versus D. Kakuta, uh, Yuki Oshioka, Dragon Daya, and Madoka Kakuda. Madoka Kakuda penned Super Shenlong in fifteen minutes and two seconds with his new Snap Pile Driver. Case, how do you feel about Madoka Kakuda's Snap Pile Driver? Because I'm still trying to get my C legs under me with this as his new finish.
0: You know, I think about how Matt Hardy, for all of the trials and tribulations that he's been through. One of his biggest regrets in wrestling is that he did the leg drop off of the middle rope for as long as he did. You know, you think about Hogan's hips, you think about the bad shape that Matt Hardy's in all because of a leg drop. Although a pile driver is not the same, you are falling onto the same part of your body. And say what you will about Matt Hardy, say what you will about Hulk Hogan. They do not have the ass that Madoka Kakuta has. When he he is dropping somebody on their head. And at the same time, giving himself the cushiest landing imaginable. I am all for this snap pile driver.
3: The problem is, I think he has too much cushion for, for to make this a believable finish. You know, his
0: ass is hitting the ground before his opponent's head. That's a that's a first in wrestling. You know, we talk about how innovative this company is. We right. haven't had an ass related pile driver issue before. It, it's something
3: that, like, I noticed I that noticed in this match, and then also in our, I was like, wow, uh, Snipe, Snap Pal Driver, I get it, it makes sense. Gotta work on something of like this, because each time it, 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 he, he's going cheek first, not the crown of the skull.
0: <laughs> I, I did not notice that. It, it worked for me. <laughs> but, boy, would I love to be the road agent that has to pull him aside, you know, before Osaka and Cork and haul this upcoming week. Hey, man, so... You know, we were looking at the tape. Um, and uh, your ass is too big to do a pile driver. So get a new finish, kid. Yeah, great. that handy god layer, just go back. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would for my own well-being. I mean, I, I was, you know, kind of marveling in this match. It, it's so weird because Kakuta went away for as long as he did. And Kame. Although the the core of that character has been the same for so long, he's gone through a number of changes since his debut. And it, it hit me watching this like, oh, that's right. They're from the same class. These guys were in the dojo together. No wonder they have such good chemistry, and given what Kamei's specialty is in taking a beating, and given what Kakuta's capable of doing, which is hitting guys really, really hard, sometimes with that lariat, sometimes with that nice two-handed chop that he's been doing, that to me stood out more than anything, was that Kakuta and Kame have really, really strong chemistry with one another.
3: I've been liking the chemistry that Kakuta started to form with the Decourage boys.
0: Oh, 100%. No, th- this has been, through one month of him being their assistant, this has been a winning combination. I'm very glad. I, I would have liked for him to have joined Decourage full on, but so far, I think this experiment has been a win.
3: Yeah, it, it it's something that especially in the closing stretch in this case with Yoshioka and him, like the way that they were doing this is like, oh, now we have like someone that now nah, that, that Daya can flip off of. And I'm like, oh, this could be a lot of fun now that they're starting to work together and starting to gel. Like I'm I'm really excited about just the prospect of these three guys together. I feel like that there's a lot to really go on there. And if you think about it, like there really was not as much of an opportunity for Kakuda to work with these two given uh, of course, Yoshioka going on excursion die and then the uh, shoulder injury. So it's cool to see this with the, this like new tandem that not even like an official group. It, it It's nice to see all three guys look like they're coming out of this pretty strong. And especially considering that after the match, uh, there was a Twin Gate challenge of the team that is it, the, the the name. I, I don't know how I feel about the name case because there's a lot of cusses in this. There's a cuss in this and I don't know how I feel about this.
0: Or oh, the, the the wonderful duo of D-ass, as Jay put it.
3: the ass right.
0: <laughs> That's good stuff.
3: Uh, uh, and uh, and Jackie Funky May was, uh, was all forced because he was looking at, at Kakuta's butt and complimenting us, the actual thing that happened there. However, Binkade uh, was interrupted this. Binkade just swaggering out there, not seeming like he understands tag team wrestling, and he wants a shot as well. Uh, everyone had explained to someone who was a multiple-time Open the Twin Gate champion how tag teams work. And it, it, in the end, he decides that, okay, I'll have to team with someone. I'm teaming with Yamato. So on the fourth in Osaka Edeon Arena, number two, uh, D-Ass versus Benkei Yamato with the winners facing Kung Fu Masters at their pop-up shop at Dangerous Gate because Jackie Funky Kame decided that, hey, we shouldn't keep this thing in Kobe anymore.
0: I think no matter what, this is a winning situation. If Kakuta and Daya challenge for the Twin Gate Belts, I think that's super interesting because of Kakuta's place on the roster and also because that's going to be a great match. If it's Ben and Yamato versus Jason Kamei, I think that's a super interesting match. It'll be fun to watch Yamato Against those guys because you know for most of their time in Dragon Gate Yamato's been positioned a little bit higher than them and Ben's obviously doing the work that he's doing right now. Both of those possible matches are super exciting and I think the number one contendership match will be great too.
3: Yeah, and you have the two guys who are at the forefront of this high end uh, chaos and you know they like doing stuff happening. Uh, like okay, we're probably we're not going to do a show between now and Osaka. Who do you think is winning this uh, number one contendership, Matt?
0: I think it's going to be Ben and Yamato.
3: Yeah, yeah, that uh, that's kind of what I came to because they like doing turns at Dangerous Gate.
0: Well, and if okay, so let's let's look ahead of the schedule real quick because not can, a lot
3: in September, not a lot in September.
0: No, so they they can win in Osaka, they can challenge at Dangerous Gate, which is what they'll do if they'll win. And then
3: there's the cork in before it, but they'll just, yeah, those the preview yeah, match. But
0: I, if they win the number one contendership match, they'll challenge for the belts. I mean, what they do in right. between doesn't matter there. Yeah. And then coming out of that dangerous gate, there's a Kobe Sambo Hall show that week. I just, I think, I think high end will win the number one contendership match. I think they'll lose the title match. And then I think you do Ben turning on Yamato whether it's September 23rd in Kobe, October 6th in Korkin, or you know even one of the double-shot Kobe shows they have in October on the 15th and the 16th. Well, Yamato's in America, so they can't do it then. You know what they're going to do? They'll probably have Ben turn on Yamato on the 6th, write Yamato off for a little bit when he goes to America, and then they'll come back and do Ben versus Yoshioka at Gate of Destiny.
3: Okay, I like your logic there. I, I, I like your logic there. Like, I still think that they might pull the trigger a little sooner, but it makes a lot of sense with excursions and all of that. I, I Not an I, excursion. He's think...
0: a five-time Dreamgate champion, Mike. How dare Sorry. you?
3: Sorry. How, how dare me of all people? I only wrote 3,000 words about that.
0: <laughs> but uh, I, that's, I. you know, I still think right. it's going to be Ben versus Yoshioka at Gate of Destiny. I think they have to get through this Twin Gate match for Ben to be justified turning on Yamato. God, it's going to be fascinating if Jackie pins Yamato or if Jason pins Yamato. That is... Okay, I'm suddenly so into this. I had my bad being a broadcaster, I had to put a ton of thought into this. If If it's just dying Kakuta versus the Kung Fu Masters, that's a great match. And it's interesting with Kakuta not being in the unit and that dynamic there. But if they do Ben and Yamato versus the Kung Fu Masters, they can potentially set up... Two or three months of story out of that, and I hope, I hope, I hope that they don't do at least for one of these guys, whether it's Skywalker or Yamato or even Ben, who's it's just seems to have that one random West Coast pro appearance. I mean, I, we talked a few months ago. You know, we were the first people to report that Shun Skywalker was coming to America. We had Yamato. We did. We didn't have a chance to break it by the time that that went public. The Ben West Coast Pro appearance, I know nothing about. I don't know how long he's in America. I don't know if anybody else has booked him. He is just on that one random West Coast Pro show, and that is it. But I hope that for one of these guys that go to America, they do an angle to send them away instead of just doing what they did with SB Kento and just wishing him best of luck in his Mexican endeavors, because that still bothers me.
3: I mean, I I, I think Ben... But Ben decides he needs to go to uh, NorCal To He's going to get into the hyphy life and the battle rap. Like, that's, that's his justification there. We don't even need to have a match case. I just gave you the reason.
0: I think there's a lot here. I, I'm, <laughs> sud- I'm suddenly way into this.
3: Bay Life Benke. There we go. Uh, I don't really have anything else to add on to Kobe Sambo Hall. So let's get into Nara. Nara, in a lot of ways, was a mirror of kobe sambo hall will be up until the fourth opener talking about mirror matches uh Z-Brats versus natural vibes kai hulk hyo diamante versus kz shimizu jason and Chiron machine J. diamante got the big guy up for a big powerbomb and 11 minutes and 55 seconds and but my first thought was i forgot how weird this venue is on stream
1: Goofy official.com slash video lock. And we thank them for sponsoring the voice of wrestling podcast network.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was watching this show this afternoon and I was in the voices of wrestling slack and somebody posted a picture of themselves watching this show. It was uh, our, our friend Griffin and he mentioned that it was like they were wrestling in the void. And I hadn't realized that until it was framed like that. And then that was all I saw for the rest of the show.
3: So, this is so Nara Centennial Hall is like a real theater. It's not like one of those things like a cross fukuoka where it looks like, oh, it's like a nice little black box. This is like a real theater that they put the ring on the stage, the entrance is there, a couple rows of seats. And when you start off with natural vibes doing a dance from the back and everyone coming through, And you're just like, wow, okay, Uh, you're going to see your hometown hero, Doi, and you are about 500 feet.
0: It is uh, the equivalent of like a college auditorium like Drangate USA ran in New Orleans on their final shows where they put the ring on the stage, which... I guess that's what they have to do. I don't know. These venues are always strange. I, I kind of thought it looked nice on camera until I realized that it was just a black background behind me. And then from that point on, I was pretty distracted. But I thought the atmosphere was lively.
3: Yeah, no, the Nara crowd really got into it, especially on this next match, special singles match, Shun Skywalker versus Ria Fuda. It was Shun Skywalker pinning Ria Fuda with a German suplex hold that was the most slid out insane bridge i've seen in like five years like like shun skywalker has some flexibility
0: i couldn't believe this match with 10 minutes i kind of just expected shun to roll right over and what do you make of that
3: i loved it i loved this match this was my favorite match of the weekend okay i like because really? i thought that fuda really was like this was a hey, this was not like the rookies invest match this was Fuda going like all right i put it in this situation here and shun was like the the crowd was audibly cheering for Fuda getting near falls and kickouts by the end of it. I I this could have been a match that was, they might have planned for, for for like six minutes and they felt the vibe and kept on going. I thought this I, this was my favorite match of the weekend. I still have it like at three and a half stars, but I thought that Fuda really had a big step forward with this match. I I, I really like this was a performance from Fuda that I've been waiting for since he debuted.
0: I was gonna say it's probably. The most important Fuda match we've seen since his debut because we saw a different gear from him. We saw something that we hadn't seen. He hasn't really had a drawn out 10 minute match before. You know, it's either been go, 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 or it's been super hard hitting, you know, Akuda versus Fuda style or Fuji versus Fuda style. This was something different. This was a pretty standard house style singles match. I'm not as high on it as you were. I thought Fuda held his own. I thought Shun, I mean, once again, you know, best wrestler in the world not named Will Ospreay. And uh, unfortunately, Osprey has widened that gap in recent weeks. I don't know if you pay attention to the news much, but Will Ospreay's had a pretty good August. Um, Shun's coming off a five-star match at the end of July, but it is uh, the just the sheer magnitude of what Ospreay's done has been insane. But this was a really fun match. I think it's, it, I, I looked at it as more of an important match for Fuda, then I did a good match for Fuda, but it wasn't bad by any means.
3: It it was something that, like, yeah, the, as you were saying, like, this was not, like, ha- like, a beat-down match. This was him trying to, like, really, like, stick in there and showing and fleshing out, like, parts of his moveset that we haven't seen. Like, we haven't really, like, seen, like, Fuda go into a stretch where, like, they're trading roll-ups. Like, w- that just hasn't been something we've seen, for- seen out of him. But I have to say, him coming back over the last month, it's been it it, fuda was someone that i was not certain about like uh over the spring but coming back from his injury especially since kobe world i've been really impressed and i thought the post-match angle was really kind of cool as well uh so afterwards fuda was completely wiped out shun basically rolls him so his head is draped over on the apron he takes a step back does a full sprint high kicks him while he's on the apron and just walks away and they have to drag Fuda to the back
0: five stars perfect, no notes
3: perfect right like, like he just was like one of the scenes like of course shun skywalker does this he's he, he's a madman he's he wants to kick this guy in the head after
0: yeah no this was this was all great stuff from start to finish it's why i love shun it's why i love the rookies even if i wasn't as high on it as you were i still thought this was a big win
3: Absolutely. Uh, match three: Sachi Hoko Boy and Sushi Kondo versus Dragon Kid and Matoka Kakuda. Kakuda pen, Sachi Hoko Boy in nine minutes and twenty seconds. We got we got more Sachi this weekend than we usually do, and I'm matching that with T2P right there. Get someone that was one of Doi's classmates out on tour instead of just his usual appearance.
0: You know, Mike, we're about to enter a four match stretch here. And we've been doing this show weekly for two and a half years. We've done countless hours of audio together. We've done throwback shows. We've done current shows. We've predicted the future. I don't know if I've ever had less thoughts on four matches than I do these upcoming four matches. This was fun. I enjoy Sachi Hoko Boy whenever I see him. I pop for the pile driver, even if Kakuta went ass first instead of head first. Good stuff. On to the next match.
3: Next match, M3K versus Ultimo Ishin and Ginky Horikuchi with Susumu over Horikuchi with the Yokosuka Cunter in three minutes and, or sorry, in 10 minutes and 40 seconds. Uh, this was, we, we got to see more Ishin stuff. And I like Ishin's diving, diving shoulder tackle. That was kind of neat.
0: Probably the weaker of the Mochizuki Jr. versus Ishin multi mans that we've seen, but another fine match, three stars for me.
3: And then we had D. Courage versus Young Vibes, Yoshioka and Daya versus Ut and Kame. It was Yoshioka over Ut with a frog splash in thirteen minutes and six seconds.
0: Yeah, that's uh, th- this was a fun match actually. I-, I I'm gonna I'm gonna speed through these, but I enjoyed this. D. Courage has become a really well oiled machine. You know, we saw them get out of the gates hot. We saw the potential there. Six months after formation, really eight months after formation. We're seeing the work pay off. This is a well-oiled tag team. I would love for them at some point, if Dragon Gate continues to internationally expand, I would love to see these two guys go to America together. And although the tag team pool isn't big really at all on the U.S. Indies I would like to see what they can do. I think them together could really blow some minds and uh, Kamei and uh, UT together as well. Th- this was a win. I wish this happened on another show. I would be more fired up about it because this was very good. It just did happen on this goddamn Nara show. And by this point, I was struggling to pay attention.
3: Yeah, this was a high-end Summer Adventure Tag League match. Like Great comp, it was yes. Yeah, it, it was a very solid three and a half stars. You know, you watch this match and you're like, yep. This was exactly one out of it. The only like other question I had was, it, it was something that I I had in back of my mind when Kung Fu Masters uh have uh formed. Kame is firmly passed by UT at this point in the unit, right?
0: In terms of who's ranked higher, Kame is more important. Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, absolutely
3: yeah it's, it, it's something that like I always figured that would happen. I just didn't know if it was going to be a year and a half or two years for him, but it was just something that I kind of noticed it was like oh u t ate the fall and u t was the one who was uh taking all the beating in this match. I was like, wow, okay, there you go turtle chan you, you you've you've moving on up in line i
0: i think it's largely been that way since last october with the the first s b kento versus Kame match. I think that was the moment where Kame really earned his stripes and you know, we saw a certain level of upward mobility there that just given UT's age and how long he's been, you know, he debuted nine years ago today as we're recording. It's not there for UT, it's there for command. and I think that's when Kameh passed him.
3: Yeah, no, I, I think you're dead on. Like, that really was the big move there. It just was something that was kind of... It, as a UT fan, even though I love Kamei just as much, it was just kind of like, oh, now... uh Got to readjust now. Whenever I see Utina and Kamehameha in a match, now I know for sure who's taking the fall of those two. For sure. Main event, in Nara features gold classes. It has to. Naruki Doi, Kota Minora, and Minorita versus high-end Yamato, Benke, and Kakatora. It was Naruki Doi penning Kakatora with a Bakatari sliding kick in 16 minutes. And Naruki Doi was not very featured in his home class.
0: No, I think Doi's banged up. Yeah. There's a reason he worked the battle royal the night before. Uh, there's a reason he took it easy in this match. I, I don't know what the future of gold class holds. I, I get the feeling gold class might move on without Naruki Doi because he is is not moving around very well right now.
3: Yeah, and it's something that you know he's really kind of over the last few years he's had stints. I mean, he's not someone that was the health who had had the healthiest. Uh, Injury history before. Like, I mean, he was someone that almost had his neck broken or famously in Dragon Gate. So, you know, it, it's time. You know, it's agents' time. And I know that for Doi, having Doi headline in Nara was important. And they got that. And they got to have Naruki Doi opening the show and Naruki Doi closing the show. And uh, that was the goal of the weekend. And hopefully now Doi can take whatever rest he needs and recuperate. Cause I think it's time that men, minora and minorita gotta move on i think
0: yeah absolutely i, I i'm with you I, I like the direction they're going with just mixing yamato into the fold i think that's interesting so we'll see where they go in the near future because i think we'll get answers sooner rather than later
3: absolutely in case i'm i'm going to give the wheel to you for the remainder of the show because i have not seen many of these i know that you have but we have a bit of a mailbag to flesh out the remainder of the show this week
0: Yeah, we do. So let's start with Twitter here uh, at Open Voice Gate on Twitter. We got questions in the uh, Discord and questions on Twitter. And the topic of today, something that I've seen a lot of buzz about, it's our first question from at Shut Up Patrick. Do you think that any other U.S. promotions will pin deals with the network like Chicagoland Pro Wrestling or Championship Wrestling, whatever they're called, has now done with Dragon Gate? Well, first off, case, uh, I, 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 I,
3: this Chicago Land Championship. Like, I didn't know this company existed up until this announcement. Case, you live in Chicago. Did you
0: know this company existed? No, Mike. I don't. I don't know about Chicago Land Championship Wrestling because they run wrestling shows in Michigan City, Indiana. And as somebody whose job is literally marketing in Chicago Land. Yeah. I don't even know if I would call Michigan city, Chicago land. So for it's a promotion. You- hold up, hold, hold up. It's a promotion that is called Chicago land wrestling.
3: They're based in Indiana, which yeah, I know there's parts of greater Chicago Indiana, but they are running in Michigan city.
0: Which is in Indiana. So if you're a European, yes. you must be absolutely fucking flabbergasted by this. <laughs> That's I'm why try- I, 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 I'm looking out for our friends out there because
3: it's purely preposterous. It's completely preposterous. Euros, you're absolutely right.
0: Case and I, we agree with you through this. That's why we're making fun of it. So Chicagoland Championship Wrestling is in Indiana in a town called Michigan City, Indiana. They announced today at 9.12 a.m. They said, attention, hashtag wrestling Twitter. Good start. With the amazing talent from Dragon Gate in Japan making their debuts at Chicago Championship Wrestling, hashtag the return, we will be filming matches that will air on Dragon Gate Network Worldwide in Gaiora Fight in Japan.
3: Well, it sounds like that they want to have footage of the guys wrestling. And this was the place that they could do it. I just, uh,
0: this, I look, they're running, they're running a Yamato at the very least. God, I hope shooting Skywalker as well. But Yamato is going to be an AAW. They, although I don't love their booking as of late, have really nice cameras. I get the feeling Chicagoland Championship Wrestling might not shoot in HD
3: yeah uh and and i don't mean to besmirch chicago uh, land championship wrestling on the on their big day i mean and 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 i'm trying not to sound snarky as i said that but it's something that dragon gate in the past have had some really kind of weird like promotional parts like they would like the whole entire hawaii thing was kind of different and when they were based in california or when people based in california they're not based like where you think they're based at like and people in san antonio it's like for like older dragon gate fans it's like oh yeah no they found chicago and championship wrestling it's like well sure okay yeah we'll we'll see we'll see like i don't think that this is going to be the the success that i think at least for the network that it could be if they if they uh, you know i i I, I have you looked at this promotion case? So,
0: because, so let, yeah. let's actually let, let's let's backtrack a little bit. It, I don't think we insulted them, so I don't feel the need I, to apologize. I, I, I want to be clear that I'm not term I, I if anything
3: I'm saying, I don't mean any malice behind it.
0: But but I let's don't. let's look at glass half full here because first of all, right. they have two shows on the high spots wrestling network, they're That's shot good. well. Now, I will say, whatever venue they're in, this is a tiny venue, but. They're in a venue with lights, with nice cameras, and this is a promotion that booked Yuya Yuamora and now booked Gate guys. And you and I complain all the time that indie promoters don't know what's up. They're not paying attention. They don't know who these guys are. If they've booked Amora and they booked Gate and they had... The foresight to come up with some sort of deal to put these shows on the network, bravo to them. It's insane they call themselves Chicago Championship Re- Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, but until they prove me wrong, I am a fan of this promotion.
3: Yeah, at the end of the day, it'll be interesting. And I will take interesting and ponderous things sometimes over a good case. So I, 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 I'm interested to see how this goes. And I think that it's something that, hey... For Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, not on a lot of people's radars up until this morning. Now suddenly on more radars, I would argue. So it's already a win in their books, I would say.
0: Yeah, you know, I, 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 I think I approached that with the wrong tone at first. Good for them. I hope this works out. Uh, I don't know who they've booked so far. I don't have any of that info, but we will see. And I'm going to try to talk Rich Krejci into a road trip.
3: Oh, I think you got to. I I mean, if he didn't go with you to to uh see Ultimo and to see you get hustled by Ultimo, he has to go to Michigan City and in Indiana for Chicago Land Championship Wrestling.
0: This is such a tiny venue. This is like and this is this is a very niche reference, but you know the band turnstile. Do you know the band turnstile, Mike? I I'm aware. Okay. Turnstile started off Just another hardcore band. Very popular, but, you know, a a hardcore band. And over the past year, they've exploded in popularity. The music industry, industry has started to pay attention to them. And last month, I saw them one night at Lollapalooza on a pretty big stage. The next night, I saw them in a venue that housed 300 people. I would go see Drangit guys in whatever this venue uh Chicago Land Championship Wrestling runs in because this is a tiny venue, and even compared to like the Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago, this is much much smaller. So I could see that being a pretty cool atmosphere.
3: Yeah, it, it's something that I saw that they build themselves a studio wrestling, and that is something that I think actually fits the Dragon Gate vibe very well. You know, like completely, it, yeah. If, if you like really like think about it, and especially like if you look at like Prime Zone, like they basically were booking small room studio wrestling so it's something that i think that that is a skill like that is something that actually naruki doi' if he's hurt i'm i'm bummed about because i feel like naruki
0: doi will get a kick out of doing studio wrestling chicagoland championship wrestling if you're listening book ut versus super super shisa in michigan city indiana that is <laughs> extremely my <laughs> shit please make that happen
3: <laughs> uh i that oh man now, now we can't I just realized we can't propose that match as, hey, fly out the Dragon Gate guys for that aim.
0: No, it's uh, it, a, that, that is a, uh, that's like PWG when they used to book a Ring of Honor versus Dragon Gate USA guys. This is right. Dragon Gate versus Shima's friends, which is a very interesting position to be in. Did you watch the Gleek Corken show?
3: Not yet. Uh, just not. It, it just was something that it's on my list. I just haven't gotten around to it.
0: Like I told you, watch the tag title match. Watch the main event. Lindemann for me, top 10 wrestler in the world this year. I know I came on this podcast a few weeks ago, and I was like, God, wrestling outside of Dragon Gate and AEW right now is just not doing it for me. And then I realized, oh, at the end of the year, I vote in a poll for the 50 best wrestlers in the world, all promotions included. I should probably get back on track. So I did a big Noah catch up over the weekend. I caught up on Gleet. Lindemann is having a phenomenal year, and I think you will very much enjoy that tag title match.
3: Yeah, it looked like it was extremely up my alley, and that was something I was going to be into. It was just, you know, with me in this week and with like my next few months, it's like, okay, Gleet, I know we'll always be on YouTube. I can go back.
0: Our friend Lorenzo checked in and he said, knowing what we know of Shoon's touring schedule, where do you see the feud with him and KZ going and what's Hyo's role in all of it?
3: Ah, <sighs> yeah. Hyo's the only champion in Zebrats, and he's the one doing almost all the talking like we expected. I I just don't I uh, like this is like the the one that like with Shoons is it was like always like explaining or the way it was presented to me at the time was it like Shun is going to be like two months and that's it. Like he's literally doing a vacation with it. So I don't know how you really tie it in. I know case you want to see like, it's like, okay. uh, He either like scampers away, like gleefully running away from his destruction or he gets run off. Like, how are you thinking that this kind of plays into it? Cause I, I I don't have a feeling. I
0: I think they're they are two unrelated things, you know, you're exactly right. Shun's going on vacation. He's going to be gone a little bit in September and all of October, I believe. And that's going to be it. You know, he's he's there. My assumption, and I, I don't report this as fact, but my assumption is that he had a weird excursion. He was supposed to be an MLW guy in 2020. That got taken away from him. I think he wants to tour the world a little bit. You know, he's had two, he was supposed to have two opportunities with WrestleMania weekend 2019, and then his excursion in 2020. Neither of those happened. I don't know if make good is the right terminology, but I think this is a guy who just wants to wrestle outside of Japan and he's doing that as for the feud with KZ. I thought it was extremely interesting that Kame and Jason and the rest of the Kung Fu masters are opening what they're calling a pop-up shop in Tokyo. And it makes me wonder if we are approaching the end of natural vibes. If the Kung Fu masters as they are right now are going to be a full-time unit. If they find so much success outside of Kobe that they realize the buck can't stop here, they can't just team once a month. They have to go all around the country and spread their message. I think they can do that in a successful way because Natural Vibes could end at the hands of Hyo. Who better to end a unit in a unit disband match than Hyo, and how heated would a ZBrats versus Vibes unit disbands match be in Tokyo Cork and Hall?
3: yeah like that's the thing about this is like the the problem of high with high end and gold class is that there's just too little members to do like a proper disband. It's like high end you could do four on four and you could do it that way but a trio's disband match just feels pathetic like so so like if you want to have like a, a disbands match happening it has to be natural vibes and what a well what a dragon gate like pump fake it is like all this big uh third uh, uh, like third chapter new dance they uh, did the big refresh after ginky and susumu left it dead or alive for them to be vanquished less than four months later like that would be such a dragon gate thing so it, 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 that, that thought was put in my mind before you brought that up case like because i i jumped to that as well because look because just like looking at the, at the battlefield like that's the only way you could really do a disbands match right
0: now right yeah you could i, I mean i would love to see kai hulk hyo shuna diamante against KZ shimizu Ut. You know, in some combination of Jason, Jackie, and Strong Machine J. I don't know how that all shakes out, but yeah, it'd be excellent. And I, you know, I have I have said for a while now, you know, I wouldn't touch vibes. I just think everything's Vibes is doing is working so well. But if you have a natural funnel for Jason and Jackie to go into, all of a sudden, I'm open to the idea of shaking things up. You know, I think most people would agree that Casey needs a bit of a shakeup, that weirdly vibes 2 and 3.0 have probably been less beneficial for him than anybody else, which is strange. You know, you think about the stability it's given UT, the rise of UT and Jackie, the continued progression of Jason, the just abundance of talent that we've seen burst out at the seams at Strong Machine J. And if you think about KZ's last eighteen months, he's been pretty good. He's had some good matches. You know, he he headlined a Kobe World. He lost, but he headlined a Kobe World. But last twelve months, kind of kind of been a guy on the roster for the most part. It's weird that Vibes has benefited him less than anybody else. I I would say that's a positive but it, it might be time for another shakeup. You know, we're going to approach two years of vibes reforming in January of next year. It's not a bad idea to look ahead towards the future and think about shaking things up.
3: Yeah. And it's something that if you're already having to deal with two baby face units that you need to deal with, figure out what to do with, you might as well like look at the full slate when you have D courage already there propping up the baby face end. like you, you, you might actually have the opportunity to play around with that. Like, I get it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. So as we continue into our Twitter, Twitter foray of the Q&A, Mike, there's a man going around Mexico right now with a mask on. Of course, I can't pronounce his new gimmick name, but do you know who Hanya? I'm referring to? Yes, Hanya. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, we, we were simply asked, thoughts on the mysterious Hanya?
3: I think that it is good for who? Gosh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of a smart way to to say this kayfabe wise, uh, but I can't. Well, we. Uh, I
0: mean, I, it's, we're we're not doing the Chikara retrospective podcast. Yeah, you yeah, can you can yeah. unmask guys if you need to. Yeah,
3: it's Fujiwara. Uh, I think that since Fujiwara can't get a visa at this moment, or it was not in that visa batch, this him having a mask lets him get more work in Mexico. Frankly. You know, it'll be easier to have like a random mask guy than someone, a, a non-native, because like the, with how Lucha books, like then it's like, oh, we're going to like an international matches. You get pigeonholed that way with how Lucha can be at times. So him being masked makes sense trying to get him as much work as possible.
0: Yeah, that's exactly my read on it. I just think it's a way to get him booked on more shows. I hope and this is where Drangate and I sometimes don't always agree I hope this is just a thing that is in Mexico and stays in Mexico. I don't have any interest in seeing him. I don't have any interest in seeing him work in Japan under a name that isn't Takuma Fujiwara. To me, that's a main event name. That's a recognizable name. There's no reason for him to shift to anything else, even an SB Kento or, you know, an L. Lindemann to go back in time. Takuma Fujiwara should be his name his look shouldn't change that much I think it's great that he's working under a mask in Mexico but I hope it stays in Mexico
3: yeah it, it, it's something that like he, I, I wouldn't bring him in back mask. like it, I mean I don't think you would because you did the whole angle with Yukio Shouka too like that that's still in the front of people's brain
0: Yeah, completely. So I'm for it just for getting more bookings. But that is that is where I hope it stays. Let's move over to the discord. A few questions in here. Uh, Paul asked during the last end of the decade episode, you and Mike uh, said that you thought the 2029 Kobe world main event would be Shun Skywalker versus Ben K. Do you still think this or are you sure it's not going to be SBK versus the aforementioned Akuma Fujiwara?
3: When did we do that episode? Did we actually do that episode like, a, a, like in like twenty twenty? Like
0: we we did a December twenty twenty episode where I asked you ten years from now what's the Kobe okay. World Main Event?
3: Okay, well, like here here's a thing. Uh, my memory about what I say uh, on shows when they happen is not the gr- not the best. So I need to have a frame reference for it. Uh, I think that. It, Uh, Takuma Fujiwara and SBK feels like it's an inevitability, but I think there's a window for Shun Skywalker and Benkei with their ages and just how things are going that I would see, I would suspect to still see Benkei and Shun Skywalker happen before the other still.
0: If you look ahead to 2029, Ben and Shun will be in the 13th year of their career. That's no different than Shima being Dreamgate champion in that 2011, 2012, 2013 range, which he was, Obviously, if you're Fujiwara and SP Kento, you're approaching a decade uh, into Drangate at this point. Again, very much fits the time frame of when you would expect people to headline Kobe World. I think both are very realistic possibilities. I, I, I can't lean one way or another at this point. Obviously, predicting something 10 years from now uh, is a fun exercise, albeit an insane one. But I think both are very realistic possibilities.
3: Yeah, I I don't think that things have changed so drastically for that. And like the fact of the matter is that like Takuma Fujiwara in twenty twenty nine will still not be (laughs) thirty still. So like uh, I I still think like Ben being older and like Shun like they're going to want to pay that off sooner.
0: We were asked by a few different people if Dragon Gate USA was to come back, what wrestlers from the Indies would you want to be involved in the promotion? I have a list of five independent wrestlers. Would you like me to go first? Because this is a list form.
3: Yeah, you go ahead. Well, I, I, I didn't see these questions. I, I have a couple names, but you have a more codified list. So go ahead.
0: I'll give you five. Uh, give me your thoughts on my five, and then I'll have you give your list. Uh, if you have one for me, Titus Alexander, Jack Cartwheel, who just did a Gleet tour, Braden Lee, matt Fitchett and davy vega as a tag team and jake something in a brody lee type role would be the guys that i would want to see in a Gate usa reboot
3: yeah uh i mean besties as a tag team makes perfect sense there I, I would take Fitchett by himself but not uh vega for and i feel like that that would uh, you, be you
0: and the you and the rest of the wrestling world mike right yeah yeah brayden lee yeah 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 I, I could see that but he'd be someone that i'd want to like build up you know Here, here's the thing with brayden lee i saw him for the first time wrestle at the end of 2020 and i said holy shit this guy is iwa mid-south era matt Sydal. like he has that same sort right. of potential He, has, he has the vibe unfortunately i don't i don't think he's improved all that much now that is an issue of just working the midwest indie scene in 2022 he is the kind of guy that i think benefits most from a drangate environment I just need him to wrestle really good wrestlers for six months, and then we'll see where he's at. Because I fully believe this guy has a ton of potential to be a Seidel-like wrestler. He's just not, you know, Seidel grew up wrestling AJ Styles and CM Punk and Delirious, and Brayton Lee is unfortunately wrestling Silas Young pretty often.
3: Yeah, it's something that, like, the problem about this is that this is, like, kind of, like, the worst time to, like, do a revival, I would say like just from like the talent standpoint. And I don't think things have refreshed to the level that I would want to see, like you would be looking for these Brayden Lee's like Titus Alexander, I think would be very close to being there. And I mean, Hey, there will be office eyes on him at the very least with the match of La Australia coming up with him. So I think that there's stuff there. So there's two guys actually, and this one would be dream scenario. Everyone's talking and in good terms, I'd want to bring in Gravity and Commander from Big Lucha, uh, two of the top students of Bandito.
0: Yeah, I am, I am with you there. Uh, Commander especially, just blowing my mind recently. I, I like those guys quite a bit, and, and he's headed to Gleet with Bandito.
3: Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's going to be under, the, under good eyes for him. Like, it works out that <laughs> side. Yeah. <laughs> it will work out for him long-term. With, with someone's eyes, I will get a chance to see him with that. I just think that with how the independent scene is at the moment, like you'd really have to supplement. And I think that big Lucha with what Bandido, Bandido has with his students at right now, I feel like that that would be something that I would pursue. And I would use that as a way to kind of like uh, build, rebuild some bridges, I would say, you know, not that I think a bridge is burnt there. Just, I think that I I, I would use hint I would use big Lucha as a, as a place for my guys on excursion much more than IWRG
0: yeah I completely agree with that so
3: the, 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 that would be my that, that's my mindset about reforming DGUSA is that I would try to pull in there to to prop up what I think would be not necessarily a scene that's best geared for it
0: a few more questions here what about your top five turns in Dragon Gate history
3: so top turn is Shingo Takagi uh, ending New Hazard. I think yes. that that one, just like to the dance, to everything with that, I think that that was tremendous. And I think when you talk about that one, you also have to talk about uh, a Blood Warriors Junction 3 turn, getting to Dark Hulk permanently. That's such a big one for me. Also, I here's like the wild thing about Doi Yoshi the first turn was like the, the biggest one, but I more have like the stink image of Doi turning to end World One International with Dr. Muscle than I do the first turn. So, those I think are like, are like the three really big turns, at least in, of like a modern vintage. I, I do really, do really enjoy how they did the turns with, with R.E.D. and the Demon Masks. Like, those would be the back of my
0: You know, that first of all i should know that question came from angry 216 so i always feel like i should thank just because he's been reading and listening to my stuff for close to a decade now and i greatly appreciate it the yashida turn the Ashida demon mask is an underrated one i didn't think about that but that was one that had a ton of hype a ton of intrigue and it was still a really shocking result that was really well done so i didn't have that but i'll throw that in as an honorable mention. I'll throw you my top five. Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll go five to one here. We'll, we'll make this a bit of a game show. Number five: Naruki Doi turning heel, joining Blood Generation. That was uh, that was excellent stuff. Number four: Yamato turning on Berserk in the Dead or Alive 2016 cage match. Oh one yeah. Of, uh, one of just the pure. I mean, just a spectacle like none other. And the turn was beautifully timed. There. Number. five, th- Go I, ahead. I
3: would say that's probably the all-time. Best face turn in company. Yes, because all that's my
0: got, yeah, that's gotta Cause, be because
3: the heel turns what's sick in your mind. But that's the best uh, that that's the, that's the example of oh, how do you do like the road to Kobe World? It's like while well, you have Yamato turn face in the cage, <laughs> and that that's your blueprint on how to do a, a Kobe World weekend right there.
0: Yeah, because they did okay. So this is interesting, just because it. Relates to Yamato, but they did the double turn in 2013 that was Yamato turning heel, or I guess he had just turned heel and then he choked out Tozawa. So that was like a Tozawa baby face turn, but it was him looking weak. You know, it was him getting right. beaten down by proxy turning face. That's a very good point. Yamato is one of the only guys in company history that has had like a, a valiant babyface turn. I had never really thought about that, but you're right. And to a degree, the one that follows my number three, Kness turning on Matt Blanky, joining the Jimmies, a, a similar vein In in one that I will just continue to reemphasize. If you haven't seen that match, Dangerous Gate 2015, it's on the network. The pop when Kness turns on Matt Blanky is just something else.
3: Yeah, that that's something that that's why like dangerous gate is something that out of the big shows it's the one that they're willing to do like the big turns on and the tokyo crowd always pays off for it
0: completely and then number two bb hulk turning on shingo takagi to join blood warriors number one shingo takagi turning on bb hulk to form real hazard those two are just so so perfectly done and definitely my number one and two on that list
3: yeah, and it's something that I mean, they will try to find a way to make another BB hulk and Shingo Takagi throughout every if if there's ever going to be two classmates, they're going to try that because how successful those
0: it, it could be, you know, Yoshioka and Daya, could be Ben and Skywalker, could be uh, uh I almost called him Kabune, could be sb Kento and Jackie Funky Kame. There's a ton of possibilities there given the amount of guys that have funneled through the dojo and debuted on the roster over the last few years. But that is that is going to be the template is given when Shingo and Hulk were on the roster and still feuding. We haven't had a chance to see a second generation version of that. And it would be foolish to not attempt to largely just tell that same story over and over again. And luckily, they have a ton of guys to do it. Speaking of to transition, I got three more questions for you. We'll try to go quick here. Uh, somebody asks, do you think in five to ten years the class of 2020 will be highly regarded like the class of 2016 if Estrella, SBK, Kamei, and Kukuto all stay healthy and in Dragon Gate?
3: I think that just sheer numbers alone will help them them historically. Like we like we really went into it there, but I think the fact that you have those numbers and the variety the variety really i mean you, you have someone like a uh, minarita that i mean that's some but like you're not going to get that kind of character in every single class so you're going to be able to like fill out a card a whole lot more than when you look at classes of 2016 and it's only now that all of them have been champions singles champions at this point because there's just not that variety and i think that that will be an aspect we'll be talking
0: The wild card in terms of the class of 2020 is going to be Kakuta because I think unless there's a catastrophic injury, SP Kento is going to be a star. I think Jackie Funky Kame is going to be the, not the face of this promotion, but the heart and soul of this promotion for 20 years to come. He he is this generation's Genki Horiguchi, and if anybody has ever heard an episode of this show before, you know that is the highest of praise coming from me. Estrella? I ultimately don't think is going to mean much in the big picture. It is all about Madoka Kakuta. And if he can become a success, if he can become a twin gate level player who can challenge for the dream gate once or twice a year, the class of 2020 is going to be very fondly remembered, much like the class of 2016 has become with Ben and Shun and Yoshioka.
3: Sorry, didn't mean to to, to interrupt your point there, but yeah, like, and that goes in the variety because Kakuta is such a different body type from everyone else. (laughs) Yes, he is. And, and, and that was not a butt joke. That was just <laughs> the fact that, I mean, watching him on these shows, he, he's like the first person that was like, oh, he clearly stands taller than everyone else. He's draped over the top rope just waiting for the tag.
0: Yeah, yeah, v- very much so. I mean, that was, you know, the thing when Kakuta debuted was like, okay, what? What What is this guy? You know, I, I pegged SB Kento as, you know, the next Yamato, which I still stand by. Kamei was pretty easy to tell early on. Even Sora Fujikawa, we kind of had an idea of what he was going to be had he continued to wrestle. But Kakuta was like this weird, is he Shingo? Is he Susumu? Is he Kondo? Is he something else? And I still, I don't know if we have a, an old generation comp for Madoka Kakuta. He's that unique
3: yeah and like he remember he was a capoeira player (laughs) like he we've never seen him like do like any eddie gordo stuff which is something that i still am a little disappointed about
0: (laughs) very much so but uh yeah he will be he will be the one there that i think really determines how we feel about the class of 2020 because sbk and kamei are all set joe Gagné, friend of the show noted pervert as discussed a few weeks ago he asked a question that I don't know the answer to. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. It's something I've, I've meant to ask at certain times to certain people, and I just don't know. But Gagny asks, uh, how much do Dragon Gate wrestlers earn compared to wrestlers in NOAA or All Japan? And specifically, how much is someone like my main man Punch pulling in every year?
3: So I can't speak numbers, and I don't think really if anyone ever speaks numbers about this kind of stuff, I would raise an eyebrow immediately about that because I've just, I've never heard numbers thrown around case.
0: Ever. No, we, 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 half this roster has children. We don't know about They're right. not going to. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. So uh, I know that like through colloquially and stories that people that were around in the Bond days and, and throughout like the rise of dragon gate, they are doing very well off for themselves. And that's why you see a lot of them doing stuff like, uh, like Naruki Toy, like physical training, like that, like that kind of stuff, preparing themselves that it's like, okay, I have something to get myself for like the remainder of my working life, basically. And some of them, I know that, uh, invest. And I know that that happened. Like the one like big story or like the one thing that I remember hearing, and this was all just, hearsay, I can't say anything definitively, was that when Akira Tozawa left for WWE, there was not a big monetary difference, or it was one, it, or it was not as drastic as one thought, or like a step down or something like this. It was like, oh no, it was something that it was fine.
0: The only thing I can speak to is that one of the primary reasons for the Torrey Gate split per J on the Dragate Timeline podcast that were released about a decade ago at this point was you know we we look at Ultimo dragon, we look at his Instagram, we look at the the lavish lifestyle that he lives that's not exactly new to Ultimo, but at the time two thousand two two thousand three Torimon, they were running more shows than any other promotion. they were having tremendous business success, and to my understanding. Even guys like Shima and Magnum were still not making a ton of money at, you know, either living in the dojo or living in very small apartments. Whereas Ultimo, you know, between the WWE money that he was making and then being, you know, the the main breadwinner of Torimon was living the Ultimo lifestyle. And my understanding is once the company was restructured and they split from Ultimo, that, you know, your Shimas and Magnums and Milanos, et cetera, were able to make a pretty decent living.
3: Yeah, I remember a Jack Evans thing talking about, like, oh, no, like, the the guys have been around for a while. They're they're doing great for themselves. Like, like that was the thing. Like, it was something like, oh, yeah, no, like, with, like, Masato Yoshino, like, I saw his brand-new sports car. He's doing fine, you know? Uh, but, but like, and the whole thing of Torimon, like, the only other thing I'll add is think about it this way, about the split. Look, look how many times you see Ultimo on those cards versus shema magnum and xyz go down the list there at at, at a certain time like like you're gonna you're gonna look and see how the money is going and who's eating well and who isn't and you're gonna ask why and why i'm not and i think that kind of describes the situation
0: final question ending with a banger ending with hp joker who has triumphantly caught up on open the voice gate we're no longer going to get messages uh from an episode we recorded four months ago which is good for me because i was always confused by what i was reading so i don't remember what i say uh, on the show uh,
3: (laughs) brady i'm sorry i don't remember things that i say on a show four months ago i I don't i can't engage
0: I don't remember talking about Brandy Carlisle on this show, and that oh, this I, is—I know we, she's come do...
3: up on the show, but specifics, no,
0: no. I don't, I don't remember that. But anyways, <laughs> he asks, "What's the deal with these people who say that the youngins don't have charisma?" I talked a lot about this last week, Mike. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So.
3: I think the first thing that we have to say is that when we talk about charisma, it is not necessarily the definition of which that you're probably thinking of. And I think that that can be a point of confusion here because like, yeah, no, there's obvious physical charisma here, but it's something also in a company that does certain things and operates on a different kind of plan than your New Japan's or All Japan's or whatever you need to be able to ha- be like someone who's charismatic and front facing. And it's something that, that they don't always have the confidence in the young guys to be able to do that. kind of-
0: I, I find the whole discussion to be very interesting because I think you can kind of put it into three categories where there's people like me that between SB Kento and Fujiwara and Mochizuki Jr. I look at these guys and I go, Oh my God, they have they have everything you could ever want. You know the, these guys are young, they're talented, they're charismatic, and I, I'm very satisfied with what with what's going on. There's a second camp that looks at those guys and maybe they're a fan of them, but they aren't as high on them as I am. And and they go, well, I like the product, I'm bullish about the future, but I, I worry about these young guys, and I think there's a, a a very legitimate concern, and there's a very vocal camp in that field. There's also a third camp. And I think you'll agree with me on this, that has just seen this company change so much over the last five or six years. The Shima fingerprints are gone. The house style has changed. It's not Tozawa, Shingo, and Shima anymore. And although you and I both love this company, not because of what it represents, but because of what it is now, and we've gone along with these changes, and we've really dove in, and accepted them and, and love them, not learn to love them, but just love them because we think it's objectively good. There's people out there who see the logo, who see the name, but don't see the talent they once saw, and everything else pales in comparison to 2014, 2015, 2016. And those people are not wrong by any means for holding on to that era with such love and prestige. But I just think they're going to be a generation behind. They're going to have to wait until Fujiwara and SB Kento are Dreamgate champions to see their true talent. And maybe even then they won't get it because they're not Shima, Shingo, and Tozawa.
3: Yeah, and actually, I think that third group, like, there's a real concern of that you know and it's not and when i say concern that i'm not talking about international fans because in the greater scheme of things we are a drop in the pocket we don't matter so the the the, the what the international fans who are uh, drop off on dragon gate in the greater scheme of things that the, the company is closing. Like, okay whatever wish they're back but onwards and upwards but the the fact that like all these figures that were a part of the fabric and are still are a part of the intrinsic fabric of this promotion. That's now been going on for close to 25 years. Now generation change was going to happen and losing like Shima and losing Shima in a way that now that one can argue, I think undeniably that if you're looking for something that is the Shima fingerprinted company, that you're hoping Gate to be, there is an alternative for that in a weird way now. I, I I don't know if it's necessarily the company for me, so to say, but but there is, like, the veins of that. And there, there's with this, but, I mean, the fact that, yeah, the company was built on those people, and I can't blame the fans that are like, oh, I remember, like, the Crazy Max versus M2K, that was the Dragon system I love that was this. Because I know that that's something that some podcasts have, have like, talked about it being like oh this was the era i really loved with this but for like dragon gate to survive, they had to learn how to get across these these generations so i i totally get that i i totally get that and i think there's actually like a thread there that it, if there is an existential problem for dragon gate it's that you know
0: i i completely agree and i i think in both the international and the domestic front i i just think it's overblown i just think Change is hard for people, and new names are hard to get adjusted to. I really don't think there's all that much different in the talent, whether it was 2001 or 2011 or 2022. The, The spirit is there. The talent is there. I just think people have been beat over the head with change really ever since Shima left. So much has gone on that... From the outside looking in, you can go, oh, it's it, it's unstable. You know, Drangate's lost this guy, and Ashida left, and Akuda left, and by the way, Shima left, and, and what is going on? But if you watch the promotion, it's it's the same old Drangate. The talent's still there. The names have changed, but the talent's still there. And I think, you know, as these guys get older, oh, you know, your Kentos, your Kames, your Fujiwaras, your Mochizuki Juniors, your Ishinihashis, these guys are only going to get better. I mean, if this is yeah. where they're starting gerangate is in such good shape for the next 10 years yeah
3: and, and like that goes back to that point after kobe world weekend where we were discussing business and all things of like this where i were like i can't the point i kind of came to was it's not 10 years now i'm really worried about i guess it's getting to the point where it's like the next step before we start preparing for like long-term futures here yeah it, yeah it's something that i think if in the greater scheme of things, if like there was not an immediate tailspin after Shima left with T-Hawk and them. And then if, if Masato Yoshino retiring, didn't like have a, a tailspin and there were definite declines that they were able to, to get back eventually, I would then have that fear. But now I don't have that anymore. Cause we've, because it, if the company like rebounds and like did better business in 2018, at you know, that copay world without everyone there, then I I think that the long-term stability, it's just finding the connections from one generation to another is going to be a thing. And that's what that third group of fans in a way embodies.
0: I, I have nothing more to add. Very well put, Mike
3: yep uh yeah the the uh, that was just from from the dub sometimes with like these q and a's i just want you to like present it to me so i don't have to so i'm just reacting immediately not over uh,
0: uh, well, this is a versatile show you and i can go back and forth okay there, there's co-hosts here we, we we can we can go back and forth very talented yeah. show we're good broadcasters yeah 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 uh, it, it,
3: it's not that it, it, it's almost like that we somewhat do this for a living somewhat <laughs> but i think that it was that it for um, both uh, discord and twitter that's it all right i think that's going to do it for us this week a uh, programming note uh, next week because there is a corkin at the front of the month we will be having open the voice gate next friday because there is a corkin on thursday it's a they're closing out february or august into september on a pretty big note with how things are set up in this osaka number 2 show setting up that twin gate match and then when we get to Kobe or when we get to Corking, case, we have fathers and sons uniting first and second generation wrestlers. I, I would argue, probably, like for like this exact kind of thing, this is the first time in, in Dragon Gate. Uh, I'd imagine traditions probably.
0: You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's too late for me to just drop
3: tradition on you. I apologize, case. Okay, so well- <laughs> I,
0: I don't know the answer to that. <laughs>
3: That's fair. That's fair. But let's get out of here. You can follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify, throw us a five star rating and review. It helps more people find out about Open the Voice Gate. And you can follow me on Twitter at Fuchiheya in case the underscore in your case. Thanks for listening to Open the Voice Gate. We'll be back with you next Friday talking about Corkin and Osaka Edion Number Two. Take care, everyone.